The Brandon Peters Show may contain explicit language and detailed plot points. For more information on the show, stay tuned to the end of the episode. Here he is, Brandon. Well, welcome back to the Brandon Peters Show for a nice little Valentine's-infused episode. I'm calling a rom-com roulette. Uh, joining me today for that wheel is from the Bob and Tom Show and the voice of our very own show, Jessica Alsman. Well, hello. Let's get sappy. Sappy, sappy, sappy. And noted author and a regular resident here, Greg McGoon. Hello, hello. I'm probably going to cry during this because I love a rom-com. All right. Yes, you do. And you're kind of the inspiration behind like doing something like this because we've talked a lot. You've you've added that flavor to this show, bringing uh, rom-coms and talk about stuff like that. And it's also kind of like, you know, your background when you come into things brings a lot of that. And then you, you wrote a, a Christmas movie, the rom-com. Yeah, I wrote Christmas a rom-com, so. I guess. It would be a Christmas rom-com. So. Yes, so perfect for there, and then we always talk. You know, the the horror gang can talk the the rom com stuff Love as game. well here. Yep. So, uh, what we have so for this rom com roulette, um, it'd be cool if we just landed on ones and tried to make a conversation about it. But we have each picked a movie, and we are the the order of the movie will be decided by a spinning wheel, uh, virtually on the internet um, that you won't probably see. But you can just imagine spins. I'm really spinning one, and I have inserted the movies each about five or six times into the wheel. So it's like a full wheel of stuff. Um, and I'll spin it, and we will figure out our first film to talk about a wide range of films spanning across uh, like 64 years? 66 years? That. 66 years. Well, for for our... Oh, Thirty nine. No, no, it would be fifty six. Well, we're going from our oldest one is thirty four, right? And yes. we go to two thousand. Oh, so, that's right. Current times two thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah two thousand. So we we have that many years. We're here to talk so, movies, not math. Not math. <laughs> Say the Brandon Peters math show. <laughs> no, that is not happening here. All right. So without further ado, I will spin. Jessica, give me a spinning sound. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to send. I'm rearing up, and here it goes. The 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 app is making one of my. I can hear it on my app. Oh, that's probably better because my wheel, your wheel broke. Oh, if it was a oh I would say I didn't hear your wheel, Jessica. Oh, what it was, was really bad. It was like. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and the first movie from 2000 is oh. Return oh. to Me. I don't see what the big deal is. I mean, she had a heart transplant. I went with a girl once that had a club foot. I mean, she had the big shoe and everything. Grace, come on. You can hardly see it anymore. I just don't like all the questions, you know? No one's going to notice your chest. You're not married, Linda? No, no, no. She passed away. This is my friend, Bob. His wife is dead. Hey, Hey, Robin! How are you? somebody over here like a blind date for you. I already told him you've had some work done. Thank God she's not a Buick. He's a terrific guy. In fact, he had a transplant too. Well, I'm still in a little pain, but uh, look how natural it looks. Go ahead, give it a tongue. No, that's okay. I got somebody for you. Oh, Charlie, no. She's got a great body. (laughs) I think your ass is ringing. (laughs) Do we know each other? I think so. Oh, my God. Blah, 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 blah. Here, here, Robert, I want you to meet my granddaughter, Gracie, here. Isn't she lovely? Would you go out with me? Yes. Is that a question? I met someone. I just wanted to tell you. Lovebirds, Arthur. Let's play some Frankie Sinatra. Here's a earthquake. Are simply a shock. Wear it. Whatever you do, don't shave your legs. Why? Then you definitely won't let it go too far. Hey, how do I look? Tall. Tall. Is it a this is a game that all women play just to reel us in. Hey, kids! Sammy Sosa! 
You're just gonna tell him. Oh, how? Say, how do I tell him? You just, Bob, you know, I, I had a heartwarming dream about you. Oh, who died? Bob, why? He's married? Joe, maybe you should put on a shirt or Grace will never be satisfied by another man. <laughs> oh my goodness we're starting with the most recent all right uh, the directed by bonnie hunt uh written by bonnie hunt and don lake on a story by hunt lake andrew stern and samantha goodman starring david Duchovny, mini driver bonnie hunt david allen greer jim belushi jolie richardson robert <laughs> robert lozier Carol O'Connor, Eddie Jones, and Mary Ann Miller, Miller-Liel? I don't know how to pronounce that. A man falls in love with a woman who received his wife's heart. Oh, a man who falls in love with a woman who received his wife's heart must decide which woman it is holds his heart. All right, Greg, this was yours. It was mine. Is that really the description? He must That's... decide which... That is a... I I love so I behind the scenes folks I typically pull these and and the summer of 90 the summer of series people listeners know I pull these from IMDb on purpose just to hear how like that's not what this is that's what they thought this or that's what they pulled from this movie to say what it's about because I get I get a kick out of it and if we play it straight through it a lot of the times they're kind of on the money but sometimes they're way off and I love it with the reaction when someone's like wait that that I I mean I looked at IMDb too. I just know this movie so well. I saw it in theaters, fell in love with it for multiple reasons. I was choosing between a few, but I landed on this one because it is one of the lesser talked about rom coms. I feel like right. it's never on any list. Um, recently on social media, there's like a list of pick five out of like twenty rom coms that you circle, and Return to Me is not even on it. And it's one of the highest rated ones from like from between two thousand and two thousand six. And it's really sad that it's not on that list because it's also not your typical rom-com leads. You don't think David Duchovny and Minnie Driver um, because David Duchovny was still doing X-Files and Minnie Driver was doing her thing, who I just love. Um, but I love this movie and um, I'll probably start crying when I go into the details. Um, but also I love this movie because it kind of revolves around an Irish-Italian restaurant, and that's me. I'm Irish-Italian. Dad's side Irish, mom's side Italian. O'Reilly's um, Italian restaurant in this movie, so I thought that was a really cute little detail that they put in there that I related to when I saw this movie in theaters at the age of, oh, I'm going to age myself with this one. I guess I would have been 14 when it came out, Um, so I fell in love with it. where should I even begin? Let's hear your thoughts on it before I dig into the details, because had you seen this movie before? What is your knowledge of it, your history of it, um, before I talk more about why I picked it? Do you want to go, Jessica, or me? Yeah, I have never seen this movie before. I remember, like, when I looked it up and I see the cover of the movie, I'm like, I've seen this cover a million times, like, at the movie store, like, when you rented videos back in the day. So I'm aware of the cover, had no idea. And then even looking at the cover, I didn't know it was David Duchovny. So uh, watching it, as soon as it starts, I will say that any time a movie starts with a song and the first lyric of the song is the name of the movie, I'm in. So <laughs> it started off with like Return to Me. And I'm like, okay, I'm in. This is going to be great. Um, but yeah, it was kind of like dark. So yeah. I really liked how they still were able to weave in some comedy and there's all this innocence. So even watching it, I I did get giddy, you know, with the mini driver and the David Duchovny. But this whole time, I'm just waiting for the big, you know, reveal. Uh, and I was dreading it. God, so I don't know. It made me feel I was sad, happy. Um, I just didn't know how it would work as a comedy, but it really did. And I think it's because of the old guys hanging out in the peanut gallery. But the whole time yep. they're cheering for, you know, uh, Carol O'Connor's granddaughter. They're all trying to help set him up. It's like every romance movie has that. You know, the parents are someone trying to help out a little bit, push him along. And I don't know. I really did enjoy it, though. I was surprised. Yeah. Because uh, I don't know. I don't 
I don't know. I don't like to feel too sad. Is that bad? Is that, you know what I mean? Of course not. It, like, it, it is a sad premise. <laughs> um, and I have one qualm about the movie, but it doesn't change my love for the movie. But I, I noticed it this time watching it. And I'll say what that is after Brandon talks about it. What your history or background is with this movie. I've never seen it before. I knew. Oh my it. gosh! I picked the one that both of you hadn't seen. Wow! Yeah, I've never seen it before. Um, the, the, so I never seen it before. I didn't really. I don't even think I was sure of the premise, but I remember the poster. I remember Duchovny because, like, this is obviously Duchovny like testing the waters here to jump out of the X Files. Like, this is yep. what you did back then because a rom com wouldn't take long to shoot. Um, this this displaces a, a nice range of his acting. And uh, this is what you did. Um, you didn't just go jump and put a tights on and a mask and cape, and that's what you did. You you built a if you were TV, you'd have to do smaller films, but you know something like this would be something people could see. And Mini Driver's obviously still rolling with Goodwill Hunting. Uh, I always like Mini Driver. She like disappeared yep. for a while. I was like, where did Mini Driver go? Like I always like Mini Driver quite a bit. Uh, Gross Point Blank big fan and of course you know goodwill hunting and everything so i always her presence is unique and always enjoy that here this movie um drama d closer than comedy yeah. uh definitely yeah. i i am never going to forget this movie because whoever wrote this i feel like had a was a a server at a restaurant one time and and served my mother once because <laughs> the date the date scene? The, the date best scene. scene in the movie? The woman... Matchy green? Matchy, the, matchy green squared? <laughs> with water? So my mom wouldn't be the matchy, matchy green square, but okay. the way with her, this woman with her, her humor, the water. Yes. The water. Favorite. Is my I mother. I that all the time. That was my mother. She went on this thing where she would bring water with her to places and wouldn't take the place, and it was always had to be Dasani. I always had, and she could she could taste the difference and things like that, and then she would always be like that. But now it's not Dasani; it's like a Kirkland. Like, and I was just like, "Oh my god!" I I I, I sent it to my sister. I was like, <laughs> "Dude!" I showed my wife. Yeah, they were like, "Oh my god!" And just the way she talked to the server, like yeah. I have. So it's a trip to go out to eat with my mom. Like it's. Like, I don't think she realizes how she's speaking to, like, cause she's never worked in a restaurant or anything in her life. But I think she's sometimes in her trying to be overly polite, it was coming off just super rude and things. So I was just like, I'm having nightmares watching. I'm like, oh my God, I feel for him really bad right now. And everybody at the table with this woman. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I, so I liked, I, I, rather like this and i was quite engaged and re- was remembering of like a, a thing that kind of misses for movies is like embracing the like like regular people's lives like it like you know going bowling the the type of people like i feel like we're missing that nowadays like yep. that's like looked down upon when that's like what people actually do even if you think you're some elite person or something so like you strive to be that like because I think in a social media culture or something like we want to be at the fancy restaurant to take take that picture your plate and stuff but like people enjoying people people like the best well the uh, you know there's the restaurant scene but there's also the bowling alley scene when David Allen Greer shows up and it's like the but even he has fun out of it you know like and I was like this is what's missing from from life and movies now too and they even. <laughs> See it after where the dad, I think it's the dad is like, or the grandpa is like just naming off black celebrities that they like, just talking like, oh, Jesus. Like, like, he's like, like, yep, yep, Miles Davis. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all that stuff. But, um, I, I, they do have that conceit that they, they, they keep pushing the goalposts on with it to a head. Um, I, I think the company is, he's quite good here. He's just a guy that I don't know where you fit him. Like he's yeah. always, he's never bad. He always fits and he's got such a, a wild range despite being a subdued guy all the time. Like, cause he started, I mean, he made his big break in Twin Peaks playing a trans woman and then goes to the ex, he goes to Red Shoe Diaries, then plays this dorky, dweeby, F, uh, 
FBI guy on the X Files, and then you know, like rom com, they get Californication, and it's just I don't know. He's got a. Did he's, you notice his delivery is always the same though? It's all yeah. those characters you named. It's yeah, it's same delivery. Same delivery. Wide variety. Like right. It's yeah. it's it's interesting. Uh, I I was really worried this movie was going to shit the bed at the end. Nope. And it didn't. There was nope. there was the scene. So there was the scene where they get to the dedication of the new thing. And I'm like, oh, God, the ape's going to come out and go to Mini Driver and, and, like, recognize. Thank fucking God it did not happen. I thought that's what it was. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Because she's sitting out in the audience. I was like, oh, the gorilla's going to come out and everybody's going to be like, <gasps> and it's going to, like, put a hand to her or something like that and be like, oh, he recognizes the heart. Whoo. Movie was smarter than yeah. I mean, I I think I think Bonnie um, Bonnie Hunt for doing it. I think mm-hmm. not many comms I think back then were directed by women, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, you, yeah, yeah. Um, well, you got Nora Ephron. You got um, Penny Marshall doing stuff. But, th- but that, didn't they do theirs like after? I thought they were like yeah. after 2000. Weren't some of those <laughs> okay after? I'm, because before, uh, yeah. I don't know, but I feel like well, Bonnie Hunt was also in the movie. Yeah. Um, but you could tell, um, as you pointed out with this movie, you really get snippets of people's lives. You see mm-hmm. the family together. You see Minnie Driver's um, best friend, which is Bonnie Hunt and her husband and the kids. And those scenes crack me up with the swearing around their children and the children repeating it. And you get the chaos of daily life. So you really feel like you are immersed within these characters unlike any other rom-com. And because this movie is in 2000 when it was released, it really bridges that gap, at least in my opinion, from kind of the more um, romantic leaning to more of the glossy comedic with the romance of the early 2000s. Um, Because they're much more glossy as you get further into the 2000s, like your How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days and your all your Jennifer Lopez ones made in Manhattan and mm-hmm. Wedding Planner. There's always there's like this candy coated finish on all of those movies. And this one kind of teeters that line by putting a little bit of that candy finish on it. But it still has remnants of the Sandra Bullock um, 90s kind of rom-com classes, mm-hmm. classics that are um, a little bit more neutral and grounded in a sense of reality that you don't expect. With that being said, and before I dig into the details of this movie that I love, um, rom-coms, it's crazy what critics do to rom-coms because I feel like every time a critic sees a rom-com, they've never heard of a rom-com or know what it is or what to expect from it because they judge them so harshly about, oh, it's predictable. No shit. I think rom-coms, the entire point of them is we know, we know from before we even see the movie, we know the people on the freaking poster are getting together. It's the journey that we care about. It's the chemistry that we care about. It's nothing else. I will say, hold on. Critics enjoyed this movie, and even Roger Ebert said, "quote a pull quote from him: so innocent, so naive, so sweet and sincere that you must leave your cynicism at the door or choose another movie." Agreed. With that being (laughs) said, agreed. This one—that's what I was going to say. And on Rotten Tomatoes, it's a sixty-two and a seventy-nine for this one. It is fresh. But it's one of the rare fresh ones because How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, which I did an entire episode on, Mm -hmm. was a 42 and a 77. Look at these disparities between them. Wedding Planner, 1759. Made in Manhattan was both like bad, 38 and 44. Monster-in-Law, 18 and 55. So Jennifer Lopez's were all rotten. Guess which one isn't rotten with um, Jennifer Lopez, though? Marry me. Marry me. Marry me. Ah, yeah, that was what we reviewed. Okay, in ninety-two, <laughs> the return of the rom-com was "Marry Me." Basically, I remember when "Marry Me" came out. It was touted as the rom-com is back of the early two thousands. And you know what? I enjoyed it, despite the premise being so far-fetched, almost more far-fetched than your "How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days," almost more far-fetched than your thirteen going on thirty, which had like, um, not supernatural, but you know, like a side big, big with a girl. Yeah, basically. But either way, marry me. And that's what's an interesting point because I actually really enjoyed Anyone But You, which is new, um, which is 52 and 87, which is higher than most of the 2000s and 90s rom-coms and higher than any of the Sandra Bullock um, rom-coms with the exception of 
while you were sleeping, which is the highest rated Sandra Bullock, but Hope Floats, 27. Um, the proposal, uh, 45. Miss Congeniality, 41. Two weeks notice, 42. Sandra Bullock rom-coms are actually trashed by critics or all considered rotten um, with lower even um, audience scores of 59, 68, 69. There is a 72, but anyone but you, these new ones all are significantly higher. Well, uh, like the past three years of rom-coms, Marry Me, Anyone But You, Lost City with Sandra Bullock is her highest rated rom-com of 79 and 83. And Jennifer Lopez's two rom-coms, Marry Me and Second Act, um, we, uh, are also higher rated than most of the ones that we associate with the classics. So it's interesting that there's more forgiveness towards modern day rom-coms, which are reflecting kind of the rom-coms of the early 2000s. Than- well, those are probably inaccurately scored because we have a much more diverse slate of writers now. And plus writers who appreciate those have grown up to know how to properly approach a film like that so that's what happens like i think versus like a boomer back in 2000 or something yeah well like i've said i I had this talk early on in the program with um her name's sheree bohannon and we were talking about meteor man and it's a quite enjoyable movie and it's got poor rating stuff but like there's a lot of black movies that were poorly rated back in like the 80s and 90s there weren't black writers to write about them like they were mostly old white dudes writing about movies and that's what it's been up through maybe the last 10, maybe 10, 15 years. So now we're finally get, like, you can have more women writing. You can have more LGBTQ plus writers. You can have more black writers, Hispanic writers and giving a more even keel to these things. And you can see scores for like, I love, I love slasher movies. When I was growing up, those were the bottom of the barrel for critics. They were off. They were Roger Ebert and Gene Siskel was giving out Betsy Palmer's phone number because he, was abhorrent about Friday the 13th. Now, those are pretty respected movies, decently written about, scored, considered inspiration because you got to grow up to it. And then they hire a more diverse slate and people that are into that or know how to respect or approach something like that. Whereas it's not always that case. So it's a lot, I don't want to say lenient, but the understanding's a little better with things. And so that's why I think you see that go up. And I think there's a lot of our scores from the history of film, and especially certain sects, are very inaccurate because they didn't have the slate of people there to write about them then. And I, I agree. And we're stuck with that. We are. And I do agree with that point of why there is that thing. And I think people now have a better understanding of going into a rom-com with a certain level of expectation that you need to... I think you need to judge... Well, I mean, you can judge a movie based on its genre rather than movies as a whole. I think there's also a certain level of not forgiveness that you can do, but go in with the I feel like critics are looking at these movies just across all genres and going like, well, this was predictable. It's like, no shit. It's a rom-com. If it's not predictable, I'm more annoyed by that. But Mm -hmm. also the higher ratings of the new ones are kind of I appreciate that because I did enjoy them. But with that being said, I don't really remember much of Marry Me. I don't really remember much of Second Act. I don't really remember much of The Lost City. Anyone but you, I just saw two weeks ago, so I remember it. But when I left the theater seeing Return to Me, My Best Friend's Wedding, The Wedding Planner, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, all those movies, they stuck with me. I got the DVDs immediately. I wanted them. There was something that drew me to them that I still have a rewatchability. I have no desire to really rewatch Marry Me, Lost City, Second Act. I would, but I don't really have the drive to when all the ones I listed before that from the early 2000s, I've seen once a year, well, every year since they've come out. Or is, is it because maybe you were looking up to the people in those movies at that and then living with some people and now they're kind of like younger people? like, And it's not well, sticking no, with the, you? Or? The four movies I listed off, though... Um, oh yeah, I'm marry like, me is old people. <laughs> yeah, marry me is old people. That's right, marry- is old people. Yeah, it is. It, it is my yeah. it is my J Lo and Sandra um, from the old ones. But I still go like yeah, Lost City's fun, but I haven't watched it a second time yet. Oh no, I yeah. I, I watched it a second time when I reviewed it. I mean, I, yes, or when I reviewed the 4K, which I skimmed it. I didn't watch it a second time. Um, anyway, was, and um, <laughs> the Shotgun Wedding with J Lo too. She did that one. Mm. She's done three rom coms the past three years and big big glossy ones um yeah i won't get into that but either way there's something about the simplicity of the early 2000s or like 90s 
rom-coms. And there are certain rom-coms that I'm leaving out of this because I think you have your candy-coated ones. And Return to Me is a blurry line for me. But then there's a movie like My Best Friend's Wedding, which I almost chose, which to me stands its place within all genres of movie. I think well, that would be We may be 10. talking about that in, a, in a, another time. Yeah. So I think that's a top 10 in all movies for me, My Best Friend's Wedding. Return to Me is very specific for rom-coms for me versus um, um, Pretty Woman and um, My Best Friend's Wedding are just standalone, I think, brilliant films and filmmaking in their own way, story-wise. Return to Me is a convoluted plot that works so well, and it does things that rom-coms typically don't do. The first, our two main leads um, don't actually cross paths for 18 minutes of the movie. Like, they don't even yeah. end the same and their first conversation isn't even until like 35 minutes into the movie. Mm -hmm. So we're already like a fourth of the movie. And these two characters have not interacted yet. And yet somehow they build this chemistry so well. And that um, restaurant scene, I think, should be studied for just nailing character development and building chemistry and everything in that one moment. The way David Duchovny and Minnie Driver look at each other, the way you learn about their characters just without even words on it, the way um, Minnie Driver responds to the matchy-matchy green lady with the um, joking about the um, the water and then like, no, but we boil it in Swiss water. And that reaction, David Duchovny laughing at that, David Duchovny catching Minnie Driver, um, filling the water bottle, pouring out the Dasani, or not Dasani, Aquafina. Um, I wonder how much they paid for that bottle to be in there. Um, Aquafina. <laughs> Um, like th this woman's so picky about her water, then she's happy with Aquafina. That's hilarious in its own right. You know, like <laughs> exactly. It, it's not like oh, well, it well she didn't want sparkling, so you you can't you can't bring her um, yeah. Perrier, but uh, Perrier, yeah. But uh, like the fact that they were gonna get a bottle, but then put the tap water, and then she drinks it. But like David Coveney's kind of subtle reaction, Mini Driver's kind of like I've been caught in the like caught in the. Um, act kind of facial expression i think mini driver and david Duchovny have and as you both said david Duchovny kind of plays all it like says all his lines kind of the same in every character mm -hmm. facial reactions are a lot softer in this role than any other role his tone may be the same as like x-files but his facial reactions sure. are so light and glossy in a in a pleasant sort of way in this movie that his subtle smile to mini driver like at that moment, I was like, this is love. Like, I believed when he saw Mini Driver fill up that water bottle with tap water, I was like, they're going to get married and I can't work. Like, well, I was so in. When she sends him off with the to-go food, yes. and her like, her eyes are very into him. Like, it is outstanding. Like, yes. it's not something you could easily just grab from somebody. Like, maybe they had something on set because he's a sex addict, but... Um, and uh, but like her eye, the way she just like lit up and inviting him back to the restaurant or hoping he would come back when she said that to him, like that was incredible. That was a really it was fine a beautiful. I mean, it was convenient that like the food that he ordered and she gave it to him. There's so many things just aligned. And then when David Duchovny picked up his phone the next day, this movie oddly enough didn't even feel that dated to me, despite the fact no. that it was 2000. Um, even though they, because they had the cell phone in there, which wasn't a brick. It was actually one of the small flip phones, which are in again. But, um, when he went to pick up the cell phone and he was playing poker with, uh, the, the, um, grandpa crew, which yeah. again, one of the most endearing, heartwarming groups that you never see in rom-com or in most movies where you just have this bumbling group of like older, genuine, nice men who Which one are, of the old yeah. guys was uh, Pa Kent from Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman from the oh. from the nineties. It was like, oh, okay, I knew him. Um, so when the grandpa and for people who don't even know this movie, um, Mini Driver, as he said, got the heart had a heart transplant, and that's what she's like really paranoid about. And her heart transplant was from a woman who died in a car accident, and that was David Duchovny's wife. And that connection is made later on in the movie when they first meet and they first interact and they go on a date. This information is not known to either of them. Minnie Driver wrote an anonymous letter to the um, husband of the um, of the wife whose heart she has, but she didn't know who she was sending it to. So again, this is what we as an audience know this. 
but um, the characters don't know any of this, so it builds up to that. Um, for but to me, this, this doesn't feel like it's a it far fetched, but it it's could not. happen. You know, like I'm I'm sure there's been weird things like this that have happened have. in in real life. Like this is this is a, a story about that the the fantasticism of life. You know, like that's not yep. like oh well, of course, but like. People have ideas. They write. It's romantic fantasy in a way exactly. that isn't like supernatural or crazy or anything like that. It's just like, oh yeah, well they live in the same. They don't live far. He doesn't live far from the restaurant. They would go to the same hospital where they have the same, you know, like. You know what and, I like um, is the animals because the animals could still sense. I know the gorilla didn't jump out and like give her a big <laughs> hug at the end, but like that scene where she's at the zoo and just the gorilla comes up to the window and they're just kind <sighs> of putting their hands against the window. Yeah. I melted. I was like, oh, my God. And it was very subtle versus climbing out and, like, hugging her and, you know, picking her up saying, hey, this is my old friend. But in the dog. And the dog following her. It's yeah. like, oh, that part I love because I feel like uh, animals would be able to sense a little bit of a soul or something kind yeah. of. I don't know. I mean, they would have felt a warmth with her because Mini Driver's yeah. character was naturally just, like, a warm character. So I think the draw was drawn and sensitive. But like, figure wise, her and Julie Richardson have similar figures. I would say, figures, yes. Longer faces, her hair, and all that. Not the hair, but I mean, like body shape. But yeah, for the most part. But um, oh gosh, the um, the scene, and I thought they handled the car accident with David Duchovny and all that really beautifully in the movie too, where they don't really show anything, but they show ended together. Um, but the dog after like even a year. Um, and that's my only qualm about the movie. The movie takes place about a year after the car accident. And um, I don't know, because David Duchovny, as he describes, and I made note of this, um, him and his wife met when they were 15, started dating, and then married at, like, what, 21, I think he said, or something. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're, like, he hadn't really had much experience with anybody. And for him right. to lose this woman who's been a part of his life for about 30 years, or not 30 years for about 15 years because they're in their thirties, I think early thirties or whatever. Um, yeah. He never had his twenties, you know, like that's. Yeah. So for him to lose that and then so quickly kind of find love as he did, which I get why in the premise behind it. And I believe it to be completely honest. I believed everything about their romance and I'll get to that, but a year later, I kind of wish it was like maybe two years later. I just think things got a little bit pushed quicker, but that's just my thing because I'm bitter and resentful and it's I've been single for quite some time and I just don't believe that you can fall in love in a year again But um, <laughs> after being in love. So that's just my own personal thing. Other people can find love after having their heart completely destroyed and massacred and whatever after you're good for them. I'm not that person. But um David Duchovny, sorry for my own little rant, but David Duchovny covering after a year and finding her, I just wish it was two, maybe three years after the passing of his wife. That's just my thing. Anyway. Well, um, I, I think he's also, I mean, they're showing he's being pushed into things like David Allen Greer. He's pushing him about the clubs, forcing him on dates that incidentally, when he's not looking or wanting to look, he finds. And yeah, that's, that's potentially with that. If, if he wasn't being forced in this, then maybe he's not. But because he's in this situation where people are constantly wanting it and then like, oh, here's this alternative that I'm into her, but maybe he's like, at first, you know, he's just, he's intrigued, but maybe there's a friendship at yep. least. But um, there's this alternative to this bullshit that people keep throwing at me. Yes, but... At the end, he does say a line, and it's a beautiful line, and it's a beautiful delivery. And for him to say that a year or like a year plus after um, was, I will always love my like I will always love my wife, but my heart aches for Grace. Yeah, and he said that, and I'm like, would your heart? How long have you known this way? But I feel like they also this movie does span a uh, like I don't know how many months the movie actually spans, but again, it just kind of for his heart to be like ache for another human that quickly but then hey but to be devil's advocate he really doesn't know relationships better so he may be a relationship guy so when he felt comfort again it kind of just sank into him and was like this is great so Mm -hmm. maybe that's the maybe maybe i'm i don't know i'm gonna forgive it because i just love them together and i believe (laughs) children right now and they're living a wonderful life and now they've taken over the restaurant and david to cover yeah 
I love it. Um, with that being said, the dog that you mentioned, the fact that the dog sat by that door for a year plus, I'm going to cry, um, waiting and he had to pull the food towards him and like do all that. And then the dog started eating more again when Minnie Driver came into the picture. But the scene that I always cry in. Um, so it starts at the restaurant where um, David Duchovny, uh, where uh, David Allen Greer is. Um, oh, yeah, that building on whatchamacallit street. She's like, oh, you own it? The the matchy matchy green girl. Um, oh, you own it? And he's like, no, he designed it. And she went, oh, and completely underwhelmed, which I think it's designing it is even cooler. But her reaction was like, fuck off, bitch. Um, <laughs> but like he takes mini driver to the roof of this building. And she's just in awe of the view. And she compliments him being like, this view is because of something that you made. And this is really pretty. And then I'm going to cry. The girl. He, he like, he says he doesn't have much experience. And he goes like, can I hold your hand? And it's the sweetest, like simplest moment in a movie. And it just breaks my heart because you have this man who experienced such loss of everything that he's known and like this companionship of everything. And, you know, he's bringing this new woman who's in awe of his work, probably like his wife always would have been. And he just doesn't know really what dating is or anything. And he's kind of like got this courtship thing. And there's such an innocence to this grown man who just asked to hold this woman's hand. And it's so sweet. <laughs> and it just I think that is when I really like fell in love with the movie at like as a 14 year old, um, because I think that's what as 14 year olds back then, you're more like it's not as sexually charged as um, going steady, holding hands, maybe yeah, get a kiss think, on the uh, bus. I might got a kiss on the bus. To, nowadays and i mean to be fair like not gonna dig into my childhood but like i was exposed to stuff early but um i think i just gravitate towards the innocence of like innocence of all that and um really appreciate it and just the way that scene kind of played out and her you could see right there a certain level of respect for what he does and you can sense a certain level of respect that he has for just women and dating as a whole within that moment and just their character shines there um and i really appreciate that because i just really appreciate that and you see and then um even before that scene in the garden um there is something so endearing about when um, David Duchovny first asked Minnie Driver out and they're in the garden and she's, well, she has her shower cap on when she comes down. No, yeah, yeah. And she has her shower cap on. She's like, oh, I'm here. And then she like hurries out to the garden to cover them before like a storm comes. And um, David Duchovny's like, should I go with her? And the grand, the grandpire and the old men are just like, oh, go, go. And then he goes out there and she, he, helps her with the flowers and then you learn something about her and her passion for gardening and her interest in all this which i think then reflects to david Duchovny kind of almost reflecting on his wife who had a passion about um the ape habitat and like um or gorilla habitat and he can see that she has this drive for flowers and beauty and taking care of things and he goes and he just kind of very straightforward asks her out and she goes yes and he's like was that a question and he's like no and then and it's just they have such a charming sweet banter and it was directed so beautifully that they it, it feels like a real like it felt like a real conversation that people have it didn't feel scripted because she didn't really know what to say. He didn't really know what to say. They were fumbling over their words. And I don't know how much in the script, if it had the the ellipses and the the double talk of the, well, the, the, the fumbling like I'm doing right now with my words. I don't know if it was written in the script like that or if that was directorial, like directed to be like, here's your lines, but kind of say them with uncertainty or whatever it may be. But Mini Driver delivers every one of those lines in that first I'll ask out scene so beautifully and so heartfelt and so organically and naturally that you really believe that this is a couple that will grow compared to other rom-coms that the pairings start feeling a little forced. Um, but a lot of rom-coms are people coming from like how to lose a guy in 10 days where it's a like a competitive thing, or you have a lot of the JLo things where there's a, um, disparity between like power disparity like made in manhattan or mm -hmm. i mean 
wedding planner is just kind of a shitty premise. A married man ends up with his wedding planner and like ends his own wedding. Like there's cheating involved. Like that's just a shitty premise. Yet we're rooting for a cheater in that movie. <laughs> it's so like, I had did I tell you I saw this uh one time I got in an argument. Um one of my favorite films of the year it came out was Young Adult, the uh yeah. Uh, it's Charlie Staring, the Abacobi. And there was a girl I saw on Facebook that is a friend of mine's girlfriend at the time was mad at the movie because she didn't wind up with Patrick Wilson. I'm like, do you realize what you're asking to happen? Like, that's not what the movie's about. That's not what, like, that's not a clean thing. Like, what the, what the fuck movie did you watch? Or what were you thinking in your head? Like... And telling everybody was terrible. So I had to feel like I needed to be the champion of young adult and say something in there. And then they blocked yeah. me. I didn't go harsh. I was like, I don't think you're. But yeah, this weird thing with but, some of these. Yeah. What people can construe into other romantic comedies from other ones. Like, no, nope, that's not how this works. Like, yeah. Even like the proposal, it's a power dynamic situation. Like this is just a movie of two regular people stumbling into each other's lives and the movie again they don't actually have a conversation until like 35 minutes they into even the killed people too like yeah. they come from you know um but they don't have a conversation for 35 minutes into the movie because we really get to know each of them separately so mm-hmm. when you see their lives come together it's just beautiful and natural and yeah david coven just fits in with the family like he just fits right in with the bowling and he's doing it and Oh, I that bowling scene I love more than anything because that is so me. I was like, I see myself on that screen because I'm a terrible bowler. I don't even try, but I love to just go and play. I, I love to play games, even though I'm bad at most of them. And when David did a company and they're all cheering like 68, 68, yeah. like, <laughs> like bowling score is so low that they're like, you can do it this time. Yep. Because not only that, it establishes that they regularly go bowling mm-hmm. because they played before. Um, like this movie does such a good job with, um, showing, not telling. I think it's one of the best movie shows, not tells. It tells you the premise and then it just shows you everything else. And, um, even the detail that when they got back to the restaurant after bowling, they had on the, um, on the push doors or whatever, a 68 banner, like celebrating it. Like the details in this movie are just so cute that they're celebrating his victory of getting 68 points this time bowling. And even him being like, I did it. That's for you, baby. Like, (laughs) so dorky, but still, like, sexy in its own way. Like, I I fell in love with Dave Duchovny and Mini Driver. Like, I want them, like, I just want to join their relationship and be a part of it. Because I feel like this movie does such a beautiful job of showing what's surprisingly enough, a healthy relationship. Like, it really shows two people meeting, two people taking their time to get to know each other, two people respecting what each other does. He doesn't look down at her because she works at a restaurant. It's just so, like, he just goes, this is what you do. And and there's no, like, every character is likable outside of Matchy Matchy well, Green Girl. Like, and, well, Can we talk about, like, I know it's not cool to praise or acknowledge, but, like, Jim Belushi, real good at playing this kind of guy. Like, yes. really good. Always yeah. been. Like, always been really good at this kind of guy. Like, and it's a Chicago movie, so of course he fits in right there. But the guy you hate no matter what, right? Yeah. I guess. Well, I guess, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, he's I, not I hate, but it's like, ugh. He's nobody's favorite Belushi, but like, <laughs> the guy's made a career play like these type of guy, like, and it's like, it just, it just fits him like a glove. Like, if yeah. you wanted a type like that, yeah, that's, that's who you grab. But I, he's likable. Yeah. Like, even in this, he's likable because even though at the beginning it sets up where, um, well, Minnie Driver's in the hospital, again, at the very beginning of the movie, she's in the hospital, like, dying, waiting mm-hmm. for a heart transplant, and Bonnie Hunt's there, and she's like, you can go home to your kids, and she's like, eh, he can deal with it. Um, so you can tell that, like, this is a very established married couple, but what I loved about it is at that scene, first time thinking it, you're going to be like, oh, great, here's this woman who probably hates her husband, and then she's going to, like, kind of live vicariously through Mini Driver, but that's not the case nope. at all. Like this movie subverts expectations because you see the love when when um even when they're doing all the oh my god, the priest, they try to set Mini yep. Driver up with a priest <laughs> who wearing the collar and, and before that just the comedy of errors with the family. The hair of, plugs like, guy. Well the the brother uh, the brother in law is even trying to help with getting her hooked like on a dates and stuff like like he cares yeah. about her. 
too. Yep. Like and, it's not um, just like, oh, my sister-in-law. You know. Well, no, sorry to do the Loja impression there. But, and uh, he was willing to kick Bob's ass for it too. Yes. Yeah. When Which when they were like, he so married. Funny. So funny. And I'm yeah, sorry if right. you can. If <laughs> I kept trying to say, Grace has Bob's dad's wife's heart <laughs> fast, like Bonnie Hunt. Yeah. So many times it's like impossible. So I'm like, God, give her a freaking Oscar for that. Right? Like, it's so hard to say. Well, yeah. I also love, you know, this movie cast as a bitch, David Allen Greer, who I thought was one to going to, back in the 90s, I thought he was going to be one of the biggest stars coming out of In Living Color. Loved he the did. man. So talented. In the Army Now, wonderful yeah. movie. <laughs> That's Damon Wayans. I'm talking about. No, oh, wait, he's in Major Pain. Oh, Major Pain. Major yes, Pain's that's right. In the Army now, in Polly, Polly Shore. Shore. Yes. David yeah, David Algrier. But like, I thought he was going to be a huge star. But well, he was in he was in what Color Purple this year. He showed up in there. But like, I thought the man was so funny on Living Color. He just well, yeah, they had Blank Man, David Wayans and David oh, yeah. Algrier. They did that. But yeah, uh, but nice to see yeah, him here. So- Likeable characters, every one of them, um, even Belushi, who just you can tell that Bonnie Hunt and him have a loving relationship, but they're exhausted with each other after how many years together. But they still have a spiciness and a playfulness when they were trying to have sex, when the kids were like all asleep. But then the kid woke up and they're screaming. And it was just so sweet. And also, I'm going to cry again. um, The scene where after she meets after she gets asked out on a date by David Duchovny in the garden scene, she like bikes over to Bonnie Hunt's house and knocks on the door really quickly. She's like, I met somebody. And she's like, I just wanted to tell you. And going back. It's like Minnie Driver is like a schoolgirl again. And I just think that, um, and I'm bitter and jaded um, in my 30s, um, um, creeping on 40 now. And um, I, I love that this movie doesn't shy away from even, I mean, again, how old are they supposed to be in this movie? I don't know what their like ages 30. are. Like 30, 30 somethings, maybe 30. So I hope 30 somethings because you sometimes look back at movies and you're like, they were 24. <laughs> um, I don't think that's the case in this, but <laughs> I I love that this movie still highlights an innocence and a giddiness and an excitement, even in your 30s that make you act like a teen again, but not in an insufferable sort of way, because when I meet somebody, which it doesn't really happen, um, and I get excited, like I'll I'll um, call like a friend and be like, oh my god, I just kind of talked to somebody, and maybe like I, I I revert back to that, and it's refreshing to see that in a movie from twenty four years ago. But um, it's it's nice to see that, which you don't see in other rom coms really, because it's it's more sexually charged in other rom coms or something else, and I feel like there's nothing sexually charged in this movie which is also kind of refreshing like you don't have that like like it's such a genuine love that they build within this movie that you don't typically see in other movies because you're waiting for that kiss you're waiting for that sex scene you're waiting for whatever it may be that links them two together and in this one i think as jessica you were saying it's more of you're waiting for how they're going to react to the premise of the movie or how he's going to react to knowing that this woman has the wife's heart, not to, I can't wait for them to kiss because I think you already feel their love before the reveal even happens. So a lot of other rom-coms you're building up to the kiss. And in this one, I was, I never felt like I was building up to a kiss. I was just, I was waiting for, the anxiety to go away so that they can live like an honest, beautiful relationship together. If that makes sense. Like I'm rooting for them mm. in a different sort of way um, where in this movie, I really do believe there's a happily ever after, but other rom-coms I go, I give it a month. Like I really don't <laughs> see the guy in 10 days, Andy Anderson and Benjamin um, d- together after more than like a year. Like I don't really see those two characters sustaining a relationship. I think they got swept up within the moment and fell in love and then it ends. Um, and a lot of other other rom-coms, do I really believe, that would be an interesting episode to like look at rom-coms going, do we think they're still together? Oh yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of ones, a lot of couples would, but I think this movie handles these characters, the lives of these characters and the style in which they met so beautifully that I think Yes, the, this couple would still be together 
because they built something organically um, within this world that was created. So that is why I love this movie. It's heartfelt. It's touching. It's relatable because it is a little messy, but still, um, yeah, it is a little messy. Like they don't know what to say. She slaps him even. That's like that's so the other thing funny. we haven't even talked about. So the funny. There, um, she has <laughs> a scar on her chest from the, the from the transplant that she's very shy about, doesn't want to reveal. And David Duchovny, in a non-sexual sort of way, kind of goes to um how did that uh, why did it was he even... like adjust he put her jacket on or oh, his yeah. jacket was, on yeah. her and goes, Oh, it looks good. And he adjusted the blouse to kind yes. of fit over yeah. the collar, I think. Yep. Yep. The most innocent of things. And many drivers like gut reaction was to slap him because she just got panicked. Yeah. Uh, and again, it had nothing to do with what he did or doing anything inappropriate or anything wrong, which Typically, you would see in a rom-com, they would try to say something stupid and the woman would be like, you, and like slap them, which there's a lot of rom-coms that do that. This one didn't do that and um, slaps them. And then she freaks out and he's confused. And then she like kisses them to make up for it and then like runs away. And it's just like they're teens again. But it, I, I just I, I love I just love every interaction that they have. And there aren't that many. I, I kind of wish it's a like almost a two hour movie. And I almost want to see how much screen time they have together because mm-hmm. I honestly think it's probably less than 30 minutes of just the two of them together in this whole movie. In a two hour gotcha. movie, there's probably only about 30 minutes of just the two of them together. And mm-hmm. somehow they build such a strong bond in such a short period of time. Um, which again, testament to the writing, to the direction, and to the acting and performances in this movie that they did that um, in without without pushing them together as much as they would. And I look at this movie and it kind of breaks it breaks every rule of a Hallmark movie. I'll tell you that because <laughs> a Hallmark movie, as I learned in the process of writing one, um, the characters have to meet in Act One within the first like five to five minutes or five to no more than ten with the exception of like one movie. Um, so this movie already failed the Hallmark test. Um, and they have to have like a certain amount of screen time together and they have to have a certain number of activities together. And this movie says, nope, we're just going <laughs> to make work. And they do. And I think it goes to show that you can kind of tweak the formula a little bit, despite the fact we know they're going to get together um, and still and still feel something for these characters by breaking the rules and not seeing them together. Because even when they're apart, you still feel like they're thinking about each other. It doesn't, everything just feels woven together beautifully. So that is why I chose this movie. Beautiful movie. I watched it again for this. I've seen it easily over 10 times, um, probably close to 20 times because I've, I used to watch it at least once a year um, since it came out, maybe twice a year when it first came out, own it on DVD and it doesn't get old. I watched it again last night and I was like, this doesn't get old. And I cry every time as I did talking about it, the handholding scene, the dog scene and the end. Oh, and then last thing I'm going to say, oh, it's so cheesy, but I love it. He goes to Rome to find her. Yes. But luckily, not as tacky as like, I'm going to get her at the airport. So like she's already in Rome and oh, oh. And then like, again, the little details of this movie make it so special. Um, uh, the, the, when Minnie Driver, she paints, like that's a hobby of her. She paints and she's in um, Italy and uh, she, is it Rome that she went to? Whatever. Um, <laughs> she's in Italy and she's sitting there with an easel and her blank canvas. And the waiter comes up to her and offers her something. And she's like, oh, I'm just leaving. And he's like, oh, and he like sees that she's like sad or something. And then she goes, it's a long story. And the waiter pulls up a chair and just sits with her. And then you like, and then it cuts away, but you know that he's sitting there and she's telling the story. And it's just such a small, beautiful little detail that like, just everybody's just, pleasant in this movie aside from matchy matchy green girl swiss water like, <laughs> yep. other than her like there is really nobody unpleasant in this movie and i love movies like that where you don't need like the conflict isn't even really that big of a conflict um oh but i do kind of take a little issue that she takes the letter off his desk like that's a little jarring yeah um which I'm going to, which makes me think of something from 
your pick of a movie, Brandon. Uh, <laughs> uh, we'll get to that. Um, but like, it, but she, yeah. So for people who haven't seen it, like, there's a letter on the desk, and the letter that she wrote to David Duchovny, not knowing it was sent to him, um, about having the heart. She takes it from his house. Um, and again, she wasn't snooping through anything, really. She was told to go upstairs to grab a CD, and then she was looking around the room and then saw the envelope on the desk. So it wasn't like she went through drawers. She didn't do any, like, rom-com typical, like, gotta find out, go through the cabinets, yeah. like what you see in a lot of rom-coms. It's just more of, like, oh, oh, no, and panics and leaves. And then the next day, he brings her a bike. Uh, but but um, which plays into the Rome part, which I'm going to get to the Rome. He gets on the bike. He goes to Rome. He sees nuns. There's even nuns in this N- movie. Yes. Um, and he sees nuns and the nuns are, or she has her bike. And the nuns love this red bike that David Duchovny got her that she took to Rome, which is wild that she would take the bike to Rome. But she loves him. And like, this is a memory. And then the nuns want to ride the bike. So they do. And then David Duchovny doesn't see her, but he sees a nun on a red bike. And he's like, oh, my gosh. And he gets on the bike. And then he's pedaling back. And the nun's sitting on the handlebars. And then you just see them pull up to Minnie Driver. And she like, and the nun's head moves. And there's David Duchovny and there's Minnie Driver in Rome. And it's just so sweet that like a nun on a red bike brought them together. (laughs) (laughs) Like put that in rom-com like bingo. Like Some good PR for Catholicism, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's just (laughs) so it just hits all the uh, it hits all the feels and um, does it in such a way that you believe every second of it. So I applaud this cast and I applaud Bonnie Hunt and I applaud the writer for for just taking it and committing to this story and to the lives of these characters that I wish I knew. I wish O'Reilly's Italian restaurant was in my neighborhood because I would be there eating my ravioli and cabbage. We have um, an O'Reilly's Irish pub here. Yeah, I've heard but of that. We don't, but we don't have a... Italian. And we have O'Reilly's Auto Parts, but not oh, yeah. O'Reilly. Oh. So so yeah, I get really excited over this movie and I'm sad that it's not included on more rom com lists because gotcha. I really think it is a standout. Well maybe people will listen to this and start rethinking, check it out, and the list will change. Exactly. Um, okay. So I'm gonna I, I will say uh Duchovny was when this movie got released, Duchovny was forty and Mini Driver was thirty. Oh wow. Okay, they she both re- look so great. She, she recently turned fifty-four on January thirty-first. So she's so that pretty. Oh. Oh, so pretty. Um, and she's really talented, beautiful singer mm-hmm. too. Like, she's a beautiful singer. Well, and not in Goldeneye. You remember? Did you see in Goldeneye when she's so she one of oh, her yeah. first gigs was a she plays the terrible background singer in Goldeneye when uh, James Bond goes to meet uh, Robbie Coltrane's character. Yeah, it's hilarious. I it's hilarious. About that, she's got actually. the cowboy hat on, and she's like, "Oh, what?" <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, but she, well, she's also in, um, what happened to her? She did the two years ago, Camilla Cabello Cinderella on Amazon Prime where she played. Oh yeah, that's right. Yep. Um, yeah, she was the best part of the movie. I'll just, I haven't seen it yet, but she's apparently in the beekeeper, uh, Jason Statham one. Yeah. Which I think is supposed to be really good. So, um, but yeah, mini driver, love her, David Duchovny, Real life personality behind him. I heard he's decent, but he has his he has his demons. But who doesn't? Um, but in this movie, I love him. He does a beautiful job. Bonnie Hunt, I love you. Everybody about this movie, I love you. Thank you for making it. There you go. If they're listening, but if they are, I love you. Okay, and that'll do it for this part one of the rom com roulette. I didn't originally plan it to be a multi-part thing, but once it recorded and how lengthy these conversations went, I decided, yeah, we're going to spread this out so you can enjoy each conversation on their own. So stay tuned for next week as Jessica, Greg, and I spin the wheel and talk another rom-com. Till then, stay film positive. Thank you for listening. The Brandon Peters Show is a Creative Zombie Studios production. Produced by Brad Shoemaker and Brandon Peters. Written and edited by Brandon Peters. Announcer vocals by Jessica Alsman. Theme song by Metavari. Web design and show art by Brad Shoemaker with Brandon Peters. 
All music and clips featured in the episode are property of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Additional information on this and other episodes at brandonpetershow.com. For any inquiries, press opportunities, or sponsorship, contact mail at brandonpetershow.com. The show is available on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are found.